Hello, and welcome to the Heart of Equity podcast from the Heartland chapter of the National Association of Health Services Executives, also known as NASI. I'm your host, Pleasant Bradford Jr. I am a health equity professional, a healthcare leader, and a member of the NASI Heartland chapter. In this episode, we're talking to Shonda Smith Baker, co founder of the Black Collective Foundation Minnesota a community foundation that builds Black philanthropic power for a stronger ecosystem of Black-led social, political, and economic progress in Minnesota and nationwide. The Black Collective Foundation Minnesota is the first Black community foundation in Minnesota. Since 2020, it's faced challenges, experienced growth, and advanced its vision of a state where Black people are living in dignity, and prosperity everywhere. Before we get started, we'd like to thank Care Content, our partner for producing this podcast. Care Content is a full-service digital marketing agency that helps healthcare organizations create a web presence that reaches their audiences. If your health system needs help with digital marketing, website redesigns, or social media, please visit carecontent.com. Now, let's get into part one of our discussion. Welcome to the Heart of Equity podcast, Shonda. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. I am excited about this conversation about the Black Collective Foundation Minnesota. Let's get started. I always like to start the conversation with a personal journey. And would love for you to share your personal journey on how you got to where you are today. My personal journey really started at um, my house and my grandma's kitchen table and in conversations with my family um, who were quite dedicated to bringing their gifts and talents to community. I was raised in a family who was about service and commitment and that uh, believed heavily in, in God and living out their purpose. And so I was raised in community and I am a daughter that was raised by many neighbors. And so I think that it is in that essence that um, my foundation was, was really grounded. I moved into the social sector where I knew that I would be from almost the beginning that I wanted to um, understand why community was often described outside of the community in ways that often didn't align with how I saw it from within. And so it's been a driving factor. I've, I've come through largely Pillsbury United communities where I had many roles and then moved into the role of president and CEO and then moved into formal philanthropy um, in many ways, but formerly at the Minneapolis Foundation where I recently moved from in, in June. And then in 2020 was part of founding the Black Collective Foundation with two others and now I sit in the role of co-founder in residence. Your foundation has definitely helped you have a, a successful career thus far, and I'm super excited to talk more about the Black Collective Foundation. The mission of the Black Collective Foundation Minnesota is using philanthropy to strengthen the ecosystem of Black-led social, political, and economic change. Why is philanthropy a powerful tool to improve the lives of Black communities? You know, having a community that is well-resourced 
is powerful within itself. Having a community that is resourced um, within itself is is even more so powerful. I think looking at um, the Black community as an asset, the asset that we are, is an important framework. In many respects in the social sector, we have looked at community from the disparities that have presented as though the community itself has something to be fixed, that the community itself uh, needs to have lessons or needs to be learned in a certain way in order for them to move within the systems, that we haven't focused on the systems itself being disparaging against the community, and and therefore we haven't been able to live out our full dreams. And so the framing of our work has been nothing less than the assets that exist there. How do we support the brilliance, the expertise, the genius that is within the Black community? How do we find the resources that exist within the resources that believe and know the potential that resides there? How do we lift it up? How do we scale it? And how do we bring benefits to the broader community that then allow for our communities more broadly to be more whole? I appreciate the Black-led, strengths-based approach to your point. It's many times when we when we hear about the Black community, as you said, it's from a deficit perspective. But we know that there's so many amazing assets in our community. You once stated that philanthropy is meant to contribute to the greater good but it has historically perpetuated anti-Blackness and racism. And that's evident throughout the report. You talk about this anti-Blackness and racism. How is the Black Collective Foundation Minnesota navigating both the complicated past and transforming the future of philanthropy? I think that it's a challenging uh, topic for many um, to think about because there are so many people that are generous that are giving from places that are very well-meaning. And I think that it is easy to make investments in systems that you um, believe with all best intentions that are doing um, well and good um, for, for brown and black communities. And you can do that without an examination and understanding of the harm that may exist within that system. It is easy to forward things um, that you may not understand, and you may not understand them because you're not proximate to the communities. You may not understand from historical context, and you may not understand from a historical context because the history of our people, our experiences, our contributions, um, our sufferings have been eliminated from the larger context. And, and so I think that it becomes challenging in that way, because the foundation of understanding is so varied, that part of the work is to create an understanding of what has been the experiences. Why is a charitable mindset not what we're talking about? What does justice look like in the field of philanthropy? What does it look like to co-brand, to build, to believe in the expertise that exists? In philanthropy, largely, it is people with wealth, means, and privilege that have formulated ideas about what they think is possible for people that they don't know, and they make investments in those ideas. And the way that we do philanthropy is we believe in the genius of the people that are most impacted by the issues. We bring them in and we build together. And I think that that is a distinct difference. And we see philanthropy moving and transforming in many ways. And what we hope is that um, as we know better, we do better. 
that we begin to question and ask questions like, do I know enough to make a decision on this issue? Right. And, you know, Pleasant, the example that I will use is that when I was the CEO of Pillsbury United Communities and and we were thinking through a problem and what ultimately came up for me is we need to come up with a solution for this issue. And that solution was opening up a grocery store in North Minneapolis. And so North Market really became the solution. And North Market is a health and wellness integrated grocery store that just celebrated its fifth year. And I'm I'm extremely proud of what we were able to do with that. And I bring that up because here I am from the North Minneapolis community. I'm a Black woman, a Black leader leading in that neighborhood. Yet we had some of the most extensive community engagement around that market to understand what was needed down to the color of what the building should be. And I was surprised by what information community told us and it informed what we did. And so if I can be from a place and still learn about a place, certainly people that exist from outside should be in a learning mode to understand what could be done. And I think that when you think you know more about what a community needs than what you understand, they might think they know for themselves. I think that is what we're talking about in one piece of anti-Black practice and behavior. Yeah, shout out to North Market. I live in the North Minneapolis community and we we go there frequently. And to your point, it's a it's a solution for the community and it's great to see that it continues to exist within the North Minneapolis community. Yeah, right on. Shout out to Half Price Wednesdays, Half Price Produce Wednesdays. <laughs> I know. And the Soul Food, I think Soul Food Fridays. Is that Soul yep, Food Fridays? Yeah, Wendy. All right. <laughs> One of the most critical ways you can help promote health equity is to make sure your health system is doing business with Black-owned companies. This creates career opportunities, builds generational wealth, and allows us to control our own resources. For our Buy Black Vendor Spotlight, we'd like to highlight Afrodeli. Afrodeli is a fusion restaurant that weaves together business, community, and culture. They are a social enterprise that offers freshly made African, Mediterranean, and American-themed food in a fast, fun, and friendly environment. For more information, please go to afrodeli.com. Now, let's get back to our discussion. Well, let's talk about the emergence of, of Black funds as philanthropic vehicles controlled by Black communities. There are a few national Black funds, such as the Seattle Foundation's Racially Equitable Philanthropy Aimed at Initiating Reparations, or REPAIR is the acronym, the Community Foundation of Richmond's Amanla Fund for Economic and Racial Justice, and Hampton Roads Community Foundation. The Black Collective Foundation Minnesota was developed in 2020 And we all know what was going on at that time, especially here in Minnesota, the murder of George Floyd, the beginning of a global pandemic. We see this intergenerational, multinational protest against racism and anti-Blackness. How did this context in 2020 in particular play a role in establishing the foundation and its values? And, And what makes the foundation unique from the other national Black funds that we see? 
what I can share is our evolution story. And um, I think that what makes us the same is that we care about our people. Um, We care about how communities are thriving and we recognize that we have a role in galvanizing resources and talent to solve the challenges that have existed to price uh, perhaps some pressure on the systems that could be held accountable to our communities and to amplify the brilliance, the genius, and the leadership that um, resides there. I think that um, for us in 2020, me, Rapa, and Lolit that um, came together, um, Lolit really moved us and said, you know, we should put out a statement following George Floyd's murder that here we were sitting inside of three very different institutions as employees in pain, right? We were watching the city burn down, but most importantly, we watched one of our relatives, one of our neighbors, one of our people lose its life in a slow and torturous death or lynching after we had watched so many other people. And we are leaders, right, as as many people are, and felt, how can we, in our roles, not do anything? And there's there's nothing that feels harder than being in a role where you're supposed to be doing something and not know what to do. Like, that's just a, a, a place where you can just sit and just, you know, and just feel compromised um, within yourself. And so we moved that into action. It started out as a statement a really strong statement denouncing and asking foundations to take a stance on anti-Black behavior, making a commitment to Black community, thinking about the racial reckoning that we were sitting in, and hopefully making a commitment to understanding what is actually happening around racism as it relates to Black community in our state, in our region. And in those conversations, they moved into um, training, into conversations, into convening, into opportunities. And in the strategy conversations, we evolved and said, you know, we want to do something that, that extends beyond our lifetime. That as we were listening and thinking and watching, people lean heavily in in the moment. And then as, you know, the months ticked, watching the conversations around race and George Floyd start to slip away. What does it mean for us to be responsible beyond the moment that existed when we were founded? And so it moved from the Black Collective to combat anti-Blackness to the Black Collective Foundation, an institution that was birthed out of pain, but that could be responsive to the future. And that's really the evolution that we've been engaged in since 2020. I love the evolution. And it continues to evolve with the community, in particular, the Black community involved and embedded. The foundation partners with community, and you you talked about that being a a core value, a core part of your, your DNA. And there's community focused individuals whose innovative philanthropic approaches to life help build and strengthen our grant making. How does the foundation harness the power of community partners in achieving its goals? 
I think that what's really um, wonderful about what we're doing is that we're bringing in cultural practices into what we do. And from a cultural perspective, we, we work and do our best work when we are centered in community, when we are grounded with who we are as a people. And so the way we do that is in relationship, right? We lead in relationship. And so we then um, do philanthropy in relationship with community builders and they come in, they, us, we bring us in with us, right? Um, We invite our community in to have conversations with us about where we should be making investments, what type of practices should we have as a foundation How should we be thinking about grant making? Who should we be thinking about making investments in? How should we be thinking about deploying um, those resources? And all of the elements are embedded, multiple voices. And so I think that one of the things that we have, uh, as three co-founders have had um, the challenges with is, you know, sort of how do we own this as um, the three co-founders? And when do we talk about what we've done versus what we've done, the larger we Because we know that we did not get here by ourselves, that everything that we've done has been built on the life and the legacy of others, that our thinking has been expanded by the questions, by the engagement, by the brilliance of others that have sewn into us as we have been down this road over the last three years, and that what we do every single day gets informed by other people, our community builders, cohorts and others that have come in and that we become better as they become better because iron sharpens iron and we believe in the practice, right, of knowing that we only know what we know until we bring other people in that enhance it. And so that is what we are doing in terms of the cultural practices that we're bringing in. Stay tuned for part two of our discussion. If you're a healthcare executive in Minnesota, Nebraska, the Dakotas, Iowa, Kansas, or Missouri who cares about health equity for people of color, please consider joining the National Association of Health Services Executives Heartland Chapter at nasiheartland.org. That is N-A-H-S-E heartland.org. For more episodes of the Heart of Equity podcast, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcatcher. And while you're there, please leave us a comment. Thank you for listening.